Hey, welcome to the Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. Well, good afternoon, Murray. Afternoon. How are you going? I'm well. I'm well, man. We are now officially moved into our house, yeah. which is very fun. So, got my. I found the manicure scissors. If anyone was wondering, it's <laughs> <laughs> a little callback from last week's yes. banter. So my, my my fingernails are very well manicured. There you go. Looking Excellent. Um, yeah. How about you, man? What's yeah. what's happening in the life of Mitch? Ah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Just same old, same old. Love Groundhog it. Day routine. <laughs> Great movie, great movie. It is a great movie. So, yeah, I've um yeah. I've been listening to this new podcast. Mm. Well, it's it's not a new podcast, but it's new to me, which is called Off the Menu. Okay. It's these two British comedians, James Acaster and Ed Gamble, and when they have somebody come in, a guest, throughout the episode, they get them to tell them what their perfect meal would be from like entree, main, and dessert. They also have some stupid things like still or sparkling water, bread or popper dimes. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, they have another rule, which is actually quite funny, which is they, before the guest enters, have a secret ingredient each episode. And if that mm. secret ingredient gets mentioned, they kick the person off the podcast immediately. Okay. <laughs> which has happened once. Okay. <laughs> apparently. And yeah, the lady was very mad because it was like halfway through her podcast. She's like, are you serious? You kick- it's like, sorry, like that's the rules. They just kicked her out. <laughs> There you go. But what would be your sort of favourite oh. meal if you had to kind of oh, do gosh. entree, main, dessert? What, what are you? Um, what are you doing? Yeah, so I'd probably start with the what's it called? The brisket thing with the brisket. Not yeah. Brisket. Yeah, 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 yeah. The meat. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Start with that. Yeah, nice. Uh, meal. Gosh, I don't know. Ah, oh, so many. Maybe like some macaroni and macaroni. sweet and sour pot. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. No. <laughs> I did eat that. Uh, yes. Yeah. I, between the two of us, I'm definitely more of a foodie. Than yeah, you, I'm but... not much of a foodie. Uh, I probably, yeah, man, I love lasagna. I, get, I don't know lasagna. Yeah. Parmesan, uh, Come on. Yeah. It's good. Carb heavy. Something yeah. carb heavy. Absolutely. And then we'll be finishing <laughs> off with a little sweetie. Oh, sweet. Um, oh, like a. Um, I like those little, yeah, actually the desserts that we have here at like the centre, so the caramel slices or something yeah. like that. It'd be something like that, one yeah, of those, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan yeah. of those things. Yeah, I mean, have you ever had a bad caramel slice? I know. It's pretty pretty yeah. hard to go past. So, so good. That would be me. So good. I would do uh, entree, little like barbecued baby octopus. Wow. Little like mm, chili okay. sort of garlic thing. I reckon for Maine it's got to be like a pasta again mm. i mean like but my um my mum's chicken lasagna okay is very good and then for dessert just chocolate mousse oh there you go simple oh, simple 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 but delicious so mm. yeah the great thing about chocolate mousse is you can eat a lot of it <laughs> that's like, so like airy yeah yeah mm, you know you don't feel as bad okay yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't know if that makes it better for you no, i feel like it's the same volume of sugar um is it when there's all that air in it? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's getting diffused out oh, okay. through each each mouthful. I still uh, don't think it's that great. So in my morning when I do my shakes, because I add like spinach and yep. cucumber and berries, mm. and try to like feel like isn't that gross? I'm like, no, you don't taste it. So you know, getting all these health benefits about having to taste. It's almost like there's so many flavors that yeah. they're all <clears throat> indistinguishable yes, from each other. Pretty much. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's and fair. Then, 
use it. I was putting in honey, but I've been putting in a spoonful of peanut butter. To yes, so I, like I am a fan. Butter like master. So yeah, so that's how I you know eat healthy now. I eat like lots of spinach now. Just chuck it into my smoothie. Just whack it in. Yeah, I, I love it. It's so good. I love so, a good green smoothie. Just love that's it, good, man. So. To, to segue in, because, you know, we're going from meals. Yes. Who would you eat your perfect meal with? Anyone in the world? Ooh. Uh, honestly, it's such a cliche, but can I say Jesus? <laughs> can I say that? <laughs> yes, you can. I totally high-roaded you just then. <laughs> <laughs> but before I said Jesus, who would have you said? Oh. I reckon once upon a time, I would have loved to have had, with like, Dinner with like Hugh Jackman. I was a big Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Oh, yeah. I love Wolverine. It'd be fun. Growing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't thought about that. Like, someone asked me that years ago and I was in my early 20s. I always said, Hugh Jackman. I just thought he was awesome as Wolverine. Yeah. I don't know brilliant. about now. Probably N.T. Wright. N.T. Wright would be. Yes. I'd have dinner with N.T. Wright. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. It's a good and one. a 33 year old pastor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. N.T. Wright, I would. Yeah. Boy over him. Yeah. yeah. My, my, my non divine <laughs> dinner guest. I don't know if this is inappropriate, but Sasha Baron Cohen. I feel like he'd just have so. Whenever he's on a talk show and he's talking about some scene he was trying to film in something and almost yeah, getting killed by some, like, you know, Southern Americans mm. or something, it always sounds amazing. So I feel like he would have the craziest stories. Lots of stories. And he's yeah. like funny guy so yeah. I good well look that, that is a nice segue into relationships that is a beautiful segue yes, that was that was right. effortless that was effortless but I saw, I saw the design behind it <laughs> I saw the architect yeah, there it was, it was good it was really good I've been watching too much current affair you know that's no, great get amongst it <laughs> dodgy builders <laughs> yeah so relationships relationships talking about. indeed pruning yeah. relationships yeah and uh, yeah. maybe maybe shaping could this sort of pruning the, and shaping yeah. the way I went around yes. it yes it's not just about cutting off people it's also about using people wisely too it's how i say shaping you know you've got to yeah. have you've got to have connections with non-christians mm, totally not be influenced by them so yeah be the influencer not be influenced yeah that's a tricky one it's very tricky it's tricky to have christian friends as you get older as a christian if you're if you sort of mm. got those other circles of church mm. small group you know um mm. It can start to get tricky. Can, um, even though you preached, oh, I want to start with a story. Yeah, so, please. So Proverbs thirteen twenty is in the small group questions. So it says, "Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm." Mm. And so, when I was at the school, I spoke about this at primary chapel, mm. and I said, you know, like Proverbs says, about having wise friends, you know, don't get corrupted, and sure. so I shared a little bit of my journey. About you know, I had my non-Christian friends. They tempted me to do bad things. Mm. And anyway, a little girl heard that talk and turned to a little girl that was Muslim and said, "I can't be friends with you anymore." Because oh, she was Muslim. Yes. Oh wow! <laughs> so, yeah, that's right. Yeah, anyway, I love it when people miss the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was more about you know having friends that don't lead you astray. But but yeah, it is yeah. a bit of tension with relationships. Is are we being the influencers mm. or being influenced? And so, yeah, you've sort of got yeah. that tension with Proverbs compared with Jesus. So Proverbs saying, you know, walk with the wise, become wise. And then the assumption of the Pharisees in mm. Jesus' day was if you don't hang out with those pagans or those tax collectors, you mm. defile yourself. But Jesus flips that on its head. So what's the answer? Both. <laughs> <laughs> totally. There is that tension. I think like on the flip side for us as Christians... I won't, I won't name any names. It's no, no one from this church, but just in case someone's listening, <laughs> there is somebody in my life who um, 
has sort of this this relationship with a Christian and they're non-Christian. Mm. Um, and they have complained to me that that Christian sort of at every opportunity they get starts evangelizing to them. It's like, that's an interesting thing as well Mm. to try and find that tension. That's like, yeah, ultimately like there needs to be that long-term vision of having Christian friends in part so that we can share the good news Mm. of of Christ with them. But I think that, yeah, it's, it's a real art in striking that balance where those conversations can come up organically. And I think Mm. that, you know that that's a really fascinating way like how do we sort of curate those relationships in a way that are organic Mm. and are genuine um but also create opportunities to share christ i think one thing for me is having a common interest um and I know that there's uh, one of the teachers actually at Mauling was talking to me about how he believes every pastor, and I would say every Christian, should have a hobby that's outside of the church. Mm. And we've kind of spoken about this before, mm-hmm. how, you know, not only does it actually just, you know, allow you to not be so insular, uh, not only does it allow you to have passions and things to talk about outside of, you know, your faith, but yeah, it creates those opportunities to mm. build meaningful relationships with people that you have something in common with. Um, It's a tricky thing, though, and I think Mm. a lot harder than a lot of people give credit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was... Because, like, the hard thing, too, and we were saying about this before the podcast, is can be... What did we say during the podcast? I've got a memory like a fish (laughs) (laughs) today. Um, Yeah, it gets harder to have actual Christian friends. Yes, non-Christian friends. Non-Christian friends, friends. yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, that's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you get older, and so we start to... um, make our circle smaller and smaller mm. and yeah it's one of the things of relationships is that i do find that tension of like being in the world and not of the world and like that other proverb proverbs 27 17 which is iron sharpens iron so mm. one person sharpens i see it's certainly we need christians to be sharpening us like you said mm. you know we chip away yeah 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 a little bit yeah 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 but we also don't want people to be leading us Australia. And that's a say I kind of see both Proverbs 13 at 20 and 27 17 so they're saying similar thing about you know walking with wise becoming wise mm. you know, having a good friend that mm. iron sharpening iron yeah but um yeah and I guess I always come back to Proverbs are about wisdom so mm. it is that balance of not being the obnoxious Christian who oh man yeah, yeah okay I, even I can sometimes cringe uh you know, seeing other Christians do it, I'm like, oh, like that was pretty terrible. <laughs> like what you did there. Yeah. It's actually um John Dixon has said some interesting stuff about that in his like Undeceptions podcast. Because mm. he's obviously a really smart Christian. Oh, yeah. So he's sort of shared quite vulnerably that I think in particular when he was maybe a bit younger, mm. he would be at a pub or a dinner party or whatever and someone would say something that was just sort of obnoxiously wrong. You know, Mm. like, oh, Christianity was just spread through the sword of like the Crusades or something like that, you know. And he would almost just launch into this tirade of very informed, (laughs) you know, information and accurate information. Um, But ultimately, he sort of reflects that the other person left that conversation not being convinced of his Mm. point, but really just being convinced once again that Christians are, you know, real jerks sometimes. Mm. 
and I caught myself doing that the other day. I was I was at a park with a friend, um, and he made this comment about how the church had persecuted Galileo, which isn't actually um, as correct as people mm. like to say. People definitely over exaggerate. The, the guy was put in house arrest with another with a bishop for like a year. That was that's what actually happened. Mm. But if you ask some people, they'll tell you that the church burned Galileo yeah, at the stake yeah. for saying that the you know Earth revolved around the sun, not the sun re- mm. Earth revolved around the Earth. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, instead of engaging with him gently and lovingly in that conversation, I literally just vomited a bunch of information that I had, mm. and I had to end up sending him a text message later to. I was like, "Hey, dude, I'm sorry." Like, and literally I had to just call myself mm. out and be like, I was so excited to share that information with somebody <laughs> that my zeal, yeah. it just was so gross mm. and not at all loving. So it's like, it's, it's tricky. We can almost be so excited to share the gospel <laughs> that we end up becoming, you know, third <clears throat> degree, mm. way too severe. Yeah. Look, and there's been plenty of times I've been too severe with both people I've known and like rando strangers yeah. Yeah. talking about Jesus. It is... Yeah, that real balance, and I think yeah. I think too. Um, I, I, it's there's a book I read. I can't remember the authors, but they use the analogy from Ecclesiastes of having um, like a threefold cord, yeah, and easily broken. And they talked about evangelism as that sometimes some people's role mm. is just to bring someone into the Jesus community, it's good. not necessarily smack them in the head with the Bible. So they used a fake example of Bob invites Bill from his tennis club to a church event. You know, Sally talks to Bill and someone else. And like, and it's actually, you know, Phil that actually leads him to Jesus. Like that's kind of the analogy they use is like, yeah, yeah like we pray for open doors, but sometimes saying perhaps you're not the one to necessarily mm. do it. And yeah, because it can be... It, I don't know. Does it get to a point where if you know someone for so long and you haven't like shared Jesus with them, like, like when's this gonna come mm. up? And, but I find like, and that's what they were arguing. These authors was that the more you engage someone around a church community, the mm. greater chance they have for salvation. Statistically, like you're more likely to go to church. I think it's thirty six percent people are more likely to go to church if they're invited by a friend. Something like that. I can't remember the exact number, yeah. but that just that idea of like just getting people into that community. It's an interesting point, though. Hey, yeah. like that we we, we invite invite someone to church, mm. say, and then they get there, and we've got like what fifteen minutes after the service to be mm. like meet this person, meet this person, mm-hmm. meet this person. What if we had invited them to a dinner party before where they'd had the opportunity Mm. to start to make those relationships with people from church? And then once they come to church, you know, you're you're almost like half the work's already done and they're already already on the way to building those relationships. And that's like, that's a lot of intentionality. Mm. That's a lot of uh, discipline. That's a lot of patience, (laughs) you know. I guess that's what um, small groups are really geared for if the small group's used intentionally. Mm. Uh, heard of a small group that every Christmas would have like a Christmas mm. dinner and invite friends deliberately. Yeah. So I wouldn't even really do like a Bible study. It was just a way, hey, like just to hang out. Mm. And kind of that idea being, well, if you meet, say if the small group of six people, mm. you're going to meet six people from the church at least. Yeah. To yeah, 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 for sure. Connect with. So that's cool. That's quite a yeah good way of doing it. Because it is quite interesting rocking up to a church and not knowing anyone and yeah meeting people sort of hi i'm blah blah blah. hi 
Yeah, it's intimidating yeah. for sure. So, but um, I sort of back to relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess um, I guess the the point that Yucky mentioned was about like I can't remember the exact phrase you used but rachel and i were joking about having the friend um that can uh, call you out to rebuke you oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah to rebuke your love or yeah yeah, 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 yeah and yeah. i joked with rachel said oh you know that's why i'm married to you and you hit me in the arm <laughs> <laughs> it's but, important though right? yeah yeah i uh, think it, like so i um on the on the enneagram i'm like mm. the challenger that's sort of like okay. my Mitch is going, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> um, but like, I think like, that's how I both like receive and give love in relationships that I'm like close in. Um, and I think, yeah, like challenging in love, like is maybe, I don't know, for me, it seems like a less severe word than rebuking. Rebuking mm. seems really it sounds intense, Old eh? Testament. Yeah, so, you know. But hey, just, I just want to challenge you in love right now. Yeah. I don't know, is maybe a, a better way to say it. Um, well, this is biblical merit, like James 5, 19. I stopped at 18 on Sunday when we prayed. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. 19 and 20 says, My brothers and sisters, one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back. Remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sin. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite interesting. It doesn't use the word rebuke there, but that's the, the idea is definitely... The idea is, you know... If, why you should wander and bring that person back. Yeah. It is interesting, isn't it? Because, like, James is sort of putting a bit of uh, ownership of their salvation on you. <laughs> it is a bit. I can see why, you can see why Martin Luther called James the Apostle of Straw because he yeah, yeah, really yeah. hated it. He yeah. didn't think it should be scripture because it spoke a lot about works, which I suppose in his yeah. mind he was fighting against the works of the Catholic Church. But, mm. yeah, it's it's... But I think, too, it's giving that corporate responsibility of not just going, oh, well, whatever, you're yeah. singing, just sort of leave you to it. It's actually... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, Paul talks a bit about this, too, like handing people over to Satan. Yeah, totally. Tense language, but the idea is that they'll come back. You go, well, if you're not going to listen, just get yeah. out of here, go live in your sin for a while. Takes and a then, bit of pressure off, I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're ready. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, I think in this idea of rebuking, like, kind of brings up two things. I think, one, I mean, I haven't done any research into mm. what sort of ancient, you know, people's responses were to being rebuked. Because, you know, mm. I read I read some of the sermons in Acts, mm. and I'm like, whoa, this is pretty severe. Like, I, I don't think anyone would in Sydney respond to this mm. today. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to diminish the power of the mm. Spirit to convict people, but... It seems really intense and severe, like what the way in which the gospel is being presented uh, in some of those sermons in Acts. And I think ultimately in, in our culture, like for someone to really receive a challenge and a rebuke, there needs to already be um, almost that... Um, that that stock there in the relationship mm, the, rapport. the rapport that is going to say hey like i'm actually i have that place i have that position um to be able to do that and i think that like comes back to the importance of having those relationships that are really mm. tight i remember when i was at um Lidcom Barella, there was a burmese church that would meet yeah sure and the pastor of the burmese church and i'd catch up to pray once a week and um he had eight kids yeah. a lot of kids 
And he, wow. had a tr- yeah, no, he had some trouble with his youngest kids. And uh, he just said to me, he goes, Figuring oh. out names for them? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually uh, having a bit of trouble at school. And um, he just said, he goes, I don't understand. That my, my sons don't give me respect. Mm. And I said, well, that's straight. You have to earn respect. Mm. And it was just like, he just had this like light bulb. And, oh, my goodness. Because wow. in Burma, you... You have respect just because of who you, know, sure. you are. If yeah, I'm yeah, dad, yeah. you respect me. It's an honor, shame, culture. I said, here, yeah. mate, you got to like earn it. I said, you, you, your kid's Aussie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They've grown up here. They're not Burmese. They're not going to yeah. respect you just because your name's dad. Yeah, yeah basically. Yeah, yeah. And so he found that quite challenging. It, it kind of made sense. He goes, suddenly, oh, it makes sense of why our younger people don't care about the gospel. So they just rock up to church, mm. but it was just to appease. Like a... a they didn't listen. They didn't mm. change their lives. And it's like, well, here, yeah, trust is so important. You're not going to just mm. listen to someone just because they're like, oh, I'm the pastor. Yeah. And I, knew, I knew another pastor, Filipino pastor. He was like almost like offended that a young couple, probably about in their mid-20s, I think mm. they were 25, just didn't come to him for pastoral advice. And I said, well, millennials, mm. Gen Zs, got to earn their trust. Yeah. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well. Yeah, you can't. People like people my age just don't trust pastors. You've got to show well, yeah. your stripes to I, have I, that trust. I know you quoted that. Um, was it the McCrindle research or something yeah, where I was no. saying you know the most trusted professions and pastors oh, yes. just like every year <laughs> goes further and further down the list. But I mean, look, you watch the news and is it any wonder? You know. Yeah, well, if you're if you're a pagan, yeah, and your only exposure to pastors is what you see on nine news and yeah, of late it hasn't been all that positive. No, you're like. Mm. Why would I trust? Yeah, yeah. Totally. And if the only churches that are like really seen are the big mega churches that, and the in the idea is they just ask for money, you're like, mm-hmm. why would I want? Uh, why would I want to go? Yeah, yeah. 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 So trust is really important. I learned that when um, I used to do a bit of door knocking. I realized after a while, I was like, oh man, it's just like a transaction. Come in, have a door knock, see if someone's interested in chatting. If not, oh well, it's kind of on their head. You know, we gave him a chance to find Jesus. I realized it's like the dirt from issues. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. sort of. Realize like people are so much more complex than that. There's yeah, yeah, seasons. It can take people years to be open to Mm. ideas changing, and Mm. it's uh, really funny. I've been um getting into like audio books. I've been listening to some like X Men comic books on um. I don't think that's how they're intended to be read. But they're, they're, um, they're audio. Like, they do, like, audio. Like, really? full audio with, like, different voice actors anyway. Um, <laughs> super nerdy of me. But one of them, um, it's called the most classic X-Men comic called Days of Future Past, where yeah. like, they go back into the past yeah, for a bit, yeah, like, yeah. horrible future. And, yeah, it's just interesting. At the Some of the characters, like Wolverine, all that, really sceptical in the past of what's going to happen in the future. They go, oh, I'd never do that. We'd never be friends with, like, Magneto. Mm. He's one of the X-Men's enemies. But... And it just made me think about there's times when people aren't ready for things and then in the future there are. And I see that with um, salvation that, okay, at this moment, this person is not ready mm. to hear this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But down the road they might be. And so just having that patience yeah. rather than just smack you in the head with the Bible today. Um, yeah. I was, I was asked a question by someone. They're like, oh, they're like Mitch. And they just shared their how living arrangements and like oh it'd be cheaper for us to live together but i know we're not married is that wrong and i said well the easy answer is that yes it's immoral for you to move in together i said 
but I recognize that there is sometimes life is complex. Like if you, you know, mm. if it's cheaper to live together for a bit mm. or, you know, you're going to get kicked out and you can work. I was like, yeah, sometimes like the black and white is really easy, but sometimes mm. life is trickier. Mm. And so, yeah, it's that knowledge of, yeah, sharing relationships with people, like having that, knowing when to push people and knowing when to hold back. So Yeah, yeah. And I suppose ultimately that's like wisdom of God mm. and um, not being so want to immediately give an answer. Mm. That's been something that M has kind of taught me, just even we'll see. Mm. You know, just just giving us yourself mm. a second to actually think about it. I think you're very good at that. I think you're better at that than me. I think you'll give sort of, you know, oh, thank you. a bit bit of time. No, like to to think about things. Whereas I, I think I'm often very want to like just go from my gut and go yes, mm. you know, whatever. And yeah, sometimes that you know instinct is correct, and sometimes you know you can kind of go back and be like, oh, actually, like now that I've kind of weighed it up a bit more, you know, mm. um, yeah. It's a, it's an art, I think, for for some people to just give themselves a bit more time, a bit more space to respond to something, and also, yeah, not, you know, you see you see people sometimes like as a pastor, and you're like, oh man, I just want to drag you to here, mm. you know, you you're here, you're on this step, I just want to drag you up three steps, I just want you to be here and to mm. see this, to understand this, to know this. Um, and yeah, ultimately like they need to climb up those stairs themselves. Like they mm. need to figure out how to get there themselves. Mm. And I even kind of think of, um, you know, like back in my theater days, like a bad director, <laughs> right? Like gets up on the stage and is like, just do it like this and say it like this and stuff. Mm. And ultimately what ends up happening is you don't get a genuine performance like from the actor. Whereas if a good director will ask the right questions to mm. get the actor to, realize make those sort of yeah realizations themselves mm. so that when they are performing it it is genuine it's something that they've really done themselves and i think likewise you know in in relationships when you're trying to drag somebody mm. to to be this place well they didn't get there themselves so they're probably not going to stay there they're probably mm. not going to flourish there like they need to actually go on that journey that's part mm. of the process yeah i think too like i see like you said you can see people's problems here know how yeah. to fix this or i can yeah. see the car crash happening before yeah it happens and or... so you kind of want to play the role of god <laughs> like i do sure. i'm like this is like sure because we know like the words of scripture are life-giving mm. not life-sucking and yeah there's time and i think too i've had to learn this lesson the hard way you can't expect non-christians to value what christians value and mm. so yeah i can pull out this is what the bible says is right and wrong but if you don't believe that mm. like it's yeah that's a tricky thing and so i guess yeah that <clears throat> gets into like kind of being that salt and light to people yeah it's knowing when to really push when to sort of just go okay i'm kind of going to leave this in your hands mm. god man mm. yeah because we are we are yeah, going back before like in the new testament yeah a lot of those sermons were quite boom fire inside but then i think jews kind of expected that Mm. It's probably a bit more culturally acceptable because mm. they have they have a common grounding. Mm. Mm. We all have Abraham as our father. We all mm. have the scriptures as our yeah. like yeah yeah role to live life. We have it's common basis, but when you don't have that common basis, it's yeah going around rebuking people. It's, mm. it's interesting. There's footage. It came out um, of an American evangelist 
street preaching in a train. Everyone's oh, like, shut yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I'm just doing it in love, bro. I just love you. And he goes, no, you don't shut. And they're all swearing at him. And yeah. It's like, yeah. Like, I get his heart. But also, too, like, yeah, yeah. you got to know your audience. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hard, too. <clears throat> so I think I want, I want to quickly mm. change gear for a second. Mm. So I think we've spoken a lot about, um, you know, for people who feel really confident to share mm-hmm. the gospel and are maybe even at times too zealous. Yes. You know, um, I'd love to look at like, I'm sure there's probably some people listening who are going, you know, like I'm actually struggling with the other. Yeah. You know, and we kind of, we touched on that for a second, but this idea Mm. of for those who have these relationships Mm. with people um, who don't know Jesus and that they're very, you know, healthy, organic, genuine relationships. Mm. But how do you organically kind of, you know, bring Jesus into those relationships? How do you sort of almost like push those boundaries Mm. a little bit in a way that it can actually bear fruit? Mm. If you have the answer, I'd love to know. (laughs) I, th- I think part of it is like getting people plugged into yeah, yeah. to that community, which we've mm. already seen. yeah. I said yeah, oh, because it's something that I've struggled with for a long time. Is uh, yeah, I think when I used to do the refugee stuff, I could kind of push it a bit more because I had like that at least our belief in God. Mm. But yeah, there's times where it's like, oh, where am I going to go with this? And I've got like Aussie yeah. friends who have no faith. And like, oh, wait, I'm like, what? yeah, like what's the yeah, uh, I yeah. If someone has the answer, I'd love to know because it's. Yeah. I just pray for open doors, and yeah. that's probably the biggest thing. Is just, yeah. Did I say this in the podcast last week about fishing? I don't think uh, so. Uh, I lose track of who I have conversations. <laughs> Interesting. That Jesus calls the disciples to become fishers of men. So yeah. I think of fishing as a really patient game. Mm. Um, yeah, you, you know, you don't just throw your line in and be like, okay, come on. Yeah, Twenty yeah, seconds yeah, later, yeah. have a bite. It could take hours and hours, and yeah. it's you. And I sort of see with like evangelism sometimes. It's I think of it as like a fisherman's game. It's a long mm. game sometimes, not yeah. just an instant. Yeah, because the times when the disciples do get the instant catch of fish, it's when Jesus. Sure. It's like, hey, throw your net on this side. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it wasn't. That's really good. I love that. Uh, yeah, but I think for people that really do struggle, I, I yeah, it sounds cliche, but Praying, being super intentional yeah. about prayer. Um, yeah, there's a cool little app called Premate. Yeah, which we, um, which you can just download, and it has in like the daily prayer thing, like names for like non Christians. Mm. That's just a great place to start. Um, how many times, like I've heard it so many times, you know, parents praying for their non Christian friend or, mm. or or say children for decades, and then mm. suddenly it happens and. Yeah, that, if God's going to move something, it's moving with prayer. And it comes to that timing thing. Mm. Like sometimes right now, someone's not ready to hear this, but down the road they are. Mm. So maybe the thing I'd start with prayer. Praying for, and just praying for opportunities too, and building that trust. A mm. um, little bit off topic, when Rachel and I were in hospital of Asher, the hospital offered us um, the psychologist to see so that would have been when I was actually born in January probably about the October I offered mm-hmm. it Rachel was interested nah no, I don't want to do that and I said no I think we should mm-hmm. and so we met with her we kind of built this rapport up over mm-hmm. a couple of months and then kind of because the first couple of weeks were all good we kind of just left it there and I sort mm-hmm. of thought and then when Pooh hit the fan yeah. and like it was life and death that's when like 
having a psychologist was really helpful. Mm-hmm. And so and I, you look back and say, we hadn't had that three months to sort of build that relationship of trust. Yeah. Then when crisis mode came and mm-hmm. she was there to like counsel us, that was really helpful. Mm-hmm. And so not that you want horrible things happens to your friends, but that's often when people ask questions and something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. If they're seen as like a trustworthy friend to be there, yeah. people are going to be more open to... Yeah. It's one of the things when we met with Raywin and Simone from mm. Sports Chaplaincy. Yeah. They mentioned that just Sports Chaplaincy is just just being there. Just being there. Like sometimes yeah. it takes years and that's when something goes wrong. Oh, okay, you're a Christian, what? Yeah. And being open to prayer to yeah. like yeah. able to use the church's resources. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Good. Um can you think of anything else? Uh yeah, like mm. I, I think that um being very open about like what God is doing in your mm. life. Great. And being very open about like what you're praying for. Mm. So I've got some mates who are like pretty uh, confident atheists. Let's put it that way, you know. Um, but like, you know, if there's something going on in their lives, um, I go, hey, like, do you mind if I like just, you know, in my own quiet time, just like pray for you about that? They're always like very touched. Mm. I've, I've found from my person. Mm. I mean, these are friends, you, yeah, know, yeah, yeah, who, you know, know that I care for them. Um, you know, as actually in his latest stand-up, like Ricky Gervais does a great bit about it. It's like, yeah, sure, like fill your boots, pray all you like. You know, obviously he's coming from an atheist point of yeah, view yeah. that he doesn't believe that there's any power in it. Mm. But ultimately, like, I think very few people are going to say no, no to prayer, or yeah. probably a lot less than we fear. To just yeah. say, hey, do you mind if I, in my own private time, time I'm yeah. not expecting you to stand here with your eyes closed right mm. now while I pray for you. Um, and even just like creating that opportunity to plant a seed, be like, Hey, I'm going to be praying for this situation and creating an opportunity for them to see, maybe yeah, see God move in that, in mm. that situation. Yeah. That's um, really good, man. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And look like just, it's, it's very easy to just share what like God's been challenging you with and mm. been putting on your heart. And yeah, like people are quite often intrigued to hear about that if they care about you, cause that's your life. Mm. People yeah. like stories. People do like stories. Even like stories that aren't interesting. People still like them. <laughs> yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Yeah, I've yeah, yeah. have found that time and time again. Yeah, yeah. Like, and you can always yeah. add, and then I found fifty dollars. Yeah, <laughs> it just spices it up. <laughs> oh wow, oh, the story cool. was going nowhere. Yeah, but oh, I love you that. found fifty bucks. <laughs> so, yeah. for someone like yourself, I look at you mm. and you seem like you are very busy. And you seem like you have a lot of, as a senior pastor of a church that is multifaceted, Mm. you have, um, I suppose, resources of time and energy that you have to be intentional about where Mm. you're using them and stuff. Um, When, like, we're talking about being intentional about Mm. different relationships, are there, is there anything that you're implementing that you're being intentional about to make sure that the right people are getting the right Mm. amount of resources? Yeah, so I... I've shared this a few times, like at church. For me, I see the biggest mission field is the staff that we have here. Yeah. And so, like, one of my roles, not necessarily doing the job, but making sure that people ha- are able to complete their tasks. So, you know, like mm-hmm. a board coordinator, uh, Lindsay with her admin for inflatable and all that. And I've found that a few people said, oh, I really appreciate you just coming in and just check mm-hmm. on how we're going. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I try to be intentional is to make mm. sure that, yeah, people are doing okay. Mm. And, yeah, I've had some really 
good conversation with people. Like yeah. literally just walked in just to say hi, check how they're going and yeah. ended up sort of sharing like a lot of our journey with Asher and how God changed us with that. Mm. And so, yeah, that's probably my biggest prayer is like, you know, we have all these staff out here yeah. who don't know Jesus. Yeah. And yeah, recognizing that there'll be just some days where it just be the conversations like, hey, you going, yeah, good, cool. Yeah. And other days that there will something will open up or... Mm. And so that, and that's probably one of the things I love about being here is you can just mm. pop outside and like, hmm, here's my mission field. It's good. It's good. What's going to happen today, Lord? Mm. And so that's my intentionality. And then on the other side, mm. when, I don't know, are, are there relationships that maybe come to mind over the span mm. of your life where you've maybe needed to put on the brakes a bit? And yeah. be like, hey, like, yeah. I've just got to, I've just got to create some clear boundaries yeah. here. Yeah. Um, so after school, I had some really, yeah, we're pretty close. Good, good group of guys. But yeah, like when I really came back to Jesus, knew that like it's just becoming incompatible. Mm. I noticed that a lot. Um, so yeah, like I just live like a normal Aussie male, like nothing sure. horrendous. But yeah, yeah, yeah. as noticed as I got closer to God, it just sort of like, oh, I just really have nothing in common mm. anymore. And you're mm. kind of heading this way, I'm heading this way. You don't really have any interest in, and so yeah, and I often found too it would, yeah. And I caught up with this mate. Oh, it must be mate. We've been seeing each other ages, and I found how easily it was to slip back into that mm. sort of, yeah, coming back to Lord Premitch is like mm. he kind of because that's the the rapport you have was like the times we went out drinking, the times I got up to mischief, and yeah, that's yeah, kind of yeah. what was our yeah. relationship. And it's like yeah, that's the mm. so. It's challenging. And then, yeah, uh, and then I shared at church. I had a girlfriend that needed to break up with. Yeah. And that was the whole, if your right hand causes you to cut it off moment yeah, yeah. in the train. Where it's like, yeah, you know, this needs to end. Yeah. And yeah, so it's definitely been some of those things. But um, yeah, that's the hard thing too is it's like, well, you know, who's going to be salt and light to them? It's not. Mm. Yeah. So this is, and this is, I find, that's why the question is, are you being influenced or are you the influencer? Mm. And so, yeah, yeah, that that's the, yeah, there's a, on the Babylon Beat, <clears throat> I had this article, pastor uses excuse doing life with people to justify anything. <laughs> and <laughs> That's very good. Like yeah, that. you know, oh, just doing life with blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a... <laughs> It's very good. So, yes, yeah, so I think I've been guilty of that. Ah, oh, just hanging out with you know mm. the boys, and it's you know it's all. I guess it's part of processing building trust with people, but sometimes just not going anywhere mm. and just being okay. Now I need to really be praying intentionally for things to open. And I, I was yeah. listening to a business admission podcast. I can't remember who was saying, but the interviewer asked him like how you find being a you know missionary using a business how the opportunities come and goes well you know jesus says be part of the vine i pray for that and then you'll bear fruit and he goes it just happens and i was like ah, oh, there's something yeah. quite liberating uh, liberating <laughs> i was like dude that's so good like i was gonna pray for that i just pray for fruit jesus just be yeah, like yeah, yeah. go just pray for opportunities they come up and yeah. i think too we yeah, I don't know, as Christians, we know God hears our prayers, but sometimes maybe we don't expect them to get answered. Yeah. And just hearing that, I was like, dude, that's just such a simple, profound way. Uh, yeah. Jesus is a vine. We're meant to bear fruit. I pray I bear fruit. And I pray for opportunities yeah, 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 and they yeah. come up. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, funny yeah. that. Who would expect that, you know? Yeah. Praying for what God wants, he'd answer it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, who, who would have thought? <laughs> yeah. 
I think um, another thought that I sort of have, I'd, I'd love to hear your reflections on this idea of Jesus himself saying like a prophet is never welcome in their own village. Mm. Them kind of going like, oh, isn't that like Joseph's boy? Yeah. And there being some element of the people from his hometown where they knew him growing up. Ironically, you have to imagine he was a pretty good kid being yes. God Jesus, and perfect, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? So like, it wasn't necessarily like, oh, is that the kid who used to, you know, I don't know, slingshot pigeons or I don't know, like <laughs> yeah. whatever kids who were in the Middle East in like first century got up to, uh, to cause trouble. But it is, I always find that very striking and yeah. not as an excuse to let myself off the hook, mm. but just that sometimes there are certain relationships that have gone on for so mm. long that you, it's, it's very, very difficult or yeah. a lot harder to have those sort of conversations around mm. God and, and, and leading them towards the gospel. And yeah, maybe just again to, as you're talking about mm. that, you know, guy on that podcast, just take a bit of that pressure off yourself yeah, yeah. and recognize that, Hey, like their salvation isn't contingent on me. Yeah. That's really liberating. Mm. It's tricky. It's humbling. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. even not going, not working from a place of anxiety, mm. you know? Yeah. And I think that's one of the things I've learned is that ultimately I had to learn that the hard way. I'm not God. Mm. And that's, yeah, Paul talks about it. Like second Corinthians about the God of this age has blinded people's mm. like hearts and there's like a veil over them. And mm. so, yeah, ultimately it's God who lifts over lifts the veil mm. so people can understand the truth mm. and this, I don't remember I can't remember the guy's name but there's a pastor out there he used to be in a rock band and some, a Christian was talking to one of his mates one night well even him and he overheard it was like I need to like change my life yeah right and he did like went home to his girlfriend's like, I've become a Christian we have to break up or get married and she goes okay let's get married like it was this yeah, yeah, yeah. incredible 180 it's like he wasn't even the Christian wasn't even talking to him. It was yeah 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 yeah. So God uses like well I like to say God used the donkey to speak. You know, sure. He uses yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of anything. And yeah, it's good. Yeah, that's part of it. Is like well, you can have the best gospel presentation ever, and, and it hasn't got the spirit's power behind. It's not going to do anything. And yeah, it's good. So, well, like Jonah. The most reluctant prophet ever. Yeah. If you're talking yeah. like strike rate of conversions, the guy was off the scale. <laughs> his, his, batting, his batting ratio was completely off uh, the charts. Yeah, he got um, he got the whole boat of sailors yep. that he's with. Yep. They at least acknowledge Yahweh sure. in fear, yeah, yeah, yeah. implying that, okay, yeah. he's God's like worthy of worship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got the whole city of Nineveh. Including the cows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even saved cows. cows. Come on. And then... You got others, Elijah and Ezekiel. It's like, eh, nothing. Yeah, no one's yeah, gonna yeah. listen to you. Yeah. It's quite interesting. So, mm. yeah, well, how God. That's why I love Jonah, the reluctant mm. prophet. But yeah, it's just how God, yeah, uses us and what He does with people. Mm. It's um, you don't like to put formulas to it, but I know a number of like older Christians are quite, and I guess rightfully so, worried about the state of society and they're like oh where's it gonna go what's gonna happen we're near the end times i'm like oh you know like this isn't the first time society's rejected god like if you look Mm. back at some of the revival history like Mm. yeah like i think it was just before the great awakening i have to rewatch the lecture but they reckoned at just before it happened that they reckon christianity is going to be eradicated from america we're talking like the 1830s 20s like we kind of think it was always christian Yeah, yeah yeah 
or something like that. There's it a got lot to of cowboys a... who went very <laughs> Christian. Yeah, 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 like it got to a point where it's like it was basically almost non-existent, and yeah, then well. God's spirit just broke through. Mm. And yeah, so I think every generation likes to think that they got the hardest and the worst. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, like, and there's always peaks and troughs in. Well, when when Rome was sacked, it was really God just kept the remnant in in Europe at least with the mm. Celts up in Ireland, and mm. then they went back and re-evangelized Europe. So yeah, you know that's the what's to say is you know we just keep just keep on keeping and just remaining faithful. Mm. And perhaps our generation won't see the harvest, but I think even Jesus said that. I don't. He talks about that like you know some of you. It's John twelve. I'm gonna Google it. Yeah. Talks about that that idea of others have done the hard work and you're gonna um, reap the harvest. harvest. Yeah, yeah. I think it's others have sowed the seed. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, I mean, yeah. The the other one that I was thinking of was that yeah. one Corinthians three, where like Paul mm. said, like I planted the seed, Apollos yeah, watered it, yeah. and God made it grow. But the John twelve is, I think it's John twelve. Oh, it's just all it's coming up is unless the seed falls to the ground and dies. I was like, oh, that's not what I want. But yeah, that's essentially what he's saying is like others, you know, have done the hard, the yeah. hard yards. They haven't seen it, and now you're seeing the harvest. Yeah, oh, so so good. Yeah, just that with relationships, just humbling and going. encouraging. <laughs> it is, hey, and um, you know, it's, I like to reflect upon because I've been reading a book about the Exodus recently. Yeah, imagine being an Israelite in the year two hundred the two hundred fiftieth year of yeah. being in Egypt. Yeah. You just think that. Yeah, I guess I guess God's either forgotten about us <laughs> yeah, or doesn't fuck, exist. Fuck, yeah, 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 yeah. It has lots of generations that just had to wait, and yeah, yeah. It's one of the one of the key themes that repeats throughout Scripture is like the righteous must wait. Like Noah, mm. you know, he's there forty days, forty nights. That's mm. another one hundred fifty days, and mm. it's like this. Mm. You just got to wait. Mm. The righteous need to wait, and that's mm. tough because we just want things now. Mm. I prayed about it once. Yes. Where's my answer? Yeah, as I grow older, I realize how much patience is a virtue and such a core mm. virtue in the Christian mm. faith. Yeah, well, you know, even Moses up on Mount Sinai mm. praying and fasting for 40 days. I was like, yeah, you know, it's a long time to be oh, yeah. praying and fasting. Oh, yeah. I, so, yeah. And you can see why these guys say, hey, where's this Moses guy? Yeah, yeah, like, sure. Like, build us a calf. Come on. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, we're yeah. bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So good. Yeah. Patience. So, well, um, as we as we move on from relationships and into sort of this Sunday, we've got a, I would say, probably the most important Sunday of the year. Yes. <laughs> Father's Day. Uh, check, know, out, I, check out the Facebook page to see some uh, footage. Some, some, some classic dad, dad jokes. Footage, yeah. I love it. Very good. Very good. Is that, is that all gone up now? I don't know. I stuffed my joke up and Lindsay's like, oh no, I'll keep it. I was like, oh. So. I stuffed my joke up as well. I think we need to redo the I think dad we need jokes. to redo our dad jokes. But I just forgot. I got butchered the joke completely and I was like, oh, are you going to edit that? Yeah. Sometimes with dad jokes, the worse they are, the better they are. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, oh. it's like Christmas cracker jokes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. No, I'm looking. actually seeing, here we go. I'm, I'm on the Facebook page. Is it here? No, it's not up here. Oh, yes. Oh, no, she's put it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. No, I saw you up there. I saw the dad joke. Ah. Well, guys, go, go check out that hot content on the Facebook page. <laughs> I think it's also on the Insta, so you can check that out. Uh, but, um, yeah, we got three three dads within, well, one soon-to-be dad, mm. Brad Sheedy. We got Colin Jakes, young dad, and we got Keith Dunn, dad and granddad. Mm. So that should be really 
interesting and I'm I'm really looking forward to hearing what God's been putting on each of their yeah. hearts. So we, really we kind of did this last year with the three pastors we in down because we could do that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Good to get. It was the only way to get all three of us in one room legally. <laughs> yeah. We all preached. But yeah, it's good we got the similar thing this year because you were an expectant dad. Yeah. You had me as a young dad and a Brian as... Yeah. Yeah, he, he, I don't know if Ruben... He was like yet. a soon-to-be to be granddad. granddad. So yeah, yeah, yeah. still, yeah. No, it should be good. Should be good. good. Well, right. thanks for joining us, guys. Nice. Hopefully, uh, yeah, we'll see you Sunday for some. Uh, I don't know, maybe more live dad jokes. Who knows? <laughs> if 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 anybody wants a dad joke, just go up to Mitch after the service. He'd really love to share one with oh, you. I'll have lots of dad jokes. <laughs> All right. Well, see thanks for listening. See you Sunday. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.